The Write-Off, a crime comedy drama, episode one, written by Jennifer Alexander. Part three. Interior, Matthew's bedroom and Lydia's bedroom. Night. In a split screen, Lydia and Matthew get into their separate beds in their different homes. Matthew interrupts Bandit sleeping soundly on the other side of his bed. Bandit looks put out now Matthew has got in. Lydia lies wide awake in bed, looking at the empty side on her bed. Her divorce papers sit on her bedside cabinet. Both of their phones ping. A social media notification. Four years ago. A selfie of Lydia and Matthew. Lydia looks to her side of the bed again, and Matthew looks to his side of the bed. The beds are now completely parallel. They look at each other as if their beds are the same bed. Bandit can smell the desperation as Matthew longingly reaches out for affection. Bandit gets off the bed. Lydia shuts her eyes. Matthew lies on his back, staring into space. Interior, Molly's bedroom, night. Molly scrolls through social media and sees the selfie post notification of Lydia and Matthew. She rolls her eyes and keeps scrolling. Simon texts. Mole, can we rain check this weekend? I've got a date, if you can believe it. Molly lies back onto her bed, upset. Exterior, Molly's house, mid-morning. Lydia rings the doorbell and has groceries with her. She's dressed casually but has styled her hair and wears heavy makeup. Molly opens the door. Why are you more made up like? I just washed my hair, that's all. Seems to be a theme this morning. I got dragged out of my own bathroom so George Clooney in there could wash his barnet fair. Molly gestures her thumb towards the bathroom. Clouds of misty aftershave coming out of the door and filling my lungs. Lydia rolls her eyes but smiles. Got the hots for one of those yummy mummies, I bet. Shall we bet on who? Lydia's smile fades. I might have to call in sick. Oh, if, if my allergies flare up again with all these lotions and potions. Lydia goes into Molly's kitchen and starts unloading the groceries. Molly follows her in. I'm sure you won't. You just need to get through your play date after school, so just take an antihistamine. Molly takes a packet out of the cupboard and takes one. Lydia gets water for Molly. Uh, look, Lit, try not to get jealous of all these jaw-droppingly gorgeous mums. Don't compare yourself. I won't. And what does that mean exactly? I can fix you up with a sexy quickie if you want to get over what's-his-name. No, thank you. You'll do all right, will you? Uh, they'll be all over, Matthew, like a rash. Lovely image. I've got nothing to be jealous of. We're just colleagues. Neither look convinced of that statement. Don't worry, I'll let them fall over themselves over Matthew. Just don't let him talk. Noted. Like at all, he can attract as quick as he can repulse with his uh, lack of tact. Lydia nods. She starts washing the fruit. Right, I'm off then to check out those loose ends. The door shuts as Molly exits towards the front door. Matthew enters in just a towel wrapped around his waist and another towel drying his hair. He sees Lydia. Oh, hey. Hey. Lydia looks away, a bit embarrassed by her stare. From the distance, they hear Molly. Just go through, ladies and babies. Kirsty and Nancy walk through with their babies on hips. After catching a glimpse of Matthew, they stop in their tracks. They look at each other excited. Lydia already shows the early signs of jealousy on her face as she notices their skimpy outfits. Sorry, ladies, I'll just get dressed. Later that morning. At the kitchen table sits Kirsty, one side of Matthew. Nancy is pulling a cork out of a wine bottle. 
Lydia sat on the floor with the two babies playing, clearly on babysitting duty, rather than being an active member of the playdate. Nancy pours the wine into three glasses. Really? It's not even midday. On the kitchen clock, it's 10.45. Matthew takes no notice and is leaning in slightly to Kirsty. Yes, Dexter was a wonderful and doting husband. And I'll probably never move on. That'd be a shame. I mean, you've clearly invested in yourself. Uh, invested? I don't mean to be rude, but you're either very genetically blessed or you have a very skilled plastic surgeon. I found pictures of you online from five years ago and I can see you've had... So Nancy, tell me, how did you meet Peter? Sometime later. The kitchen clock reads as one o'clock. Kirsty is sozzled and snores on the sofa. The babies sleep in their prams in the hall. Lydia and Matthew look bored like they haven't got very far, either side of Nancy. Nancy is drunk. Oh yeah, she fancies herself Queen Bee of Bramley. But if you only knew. Lydia and Matthew look at each other intrigued and lean in towards Nancy. She and Dexter swung with James and Sally. Awful, awful thing to do. It was an initiation thing with Dexter. With every new friend, he'd make them do something outrageous. That's why Kirsty's got... Nancy gestures big breasts. Stop him straying. Flashback interior. Dexter and Kirsty's dining room. Evening. Dexter, Kirsty, James and Sally sit around the table. Everyone looks comfortable except James, as they all drink wine that's being topped up by Dexter into everyone's glasses. Sally and Kirsty nod excitably. James looks devastated as Dexter reaches out for Sally's hand and they walk out the room. Kirsty looks vulnerable as she looks towards James, who avoids her gaze. End of flashback sequence. Present. Exterior, state agent's office, afternoon. Molly looks through the window and sees Chris and Peter at their computers. A realisation on her face. Interior, Molly's house, afternoon. Jane sits down on Molly's sofa and looks unimpressed by her surroundings. Emma sits down next to Jane and also turns her nose up. Upstairs, the sounds of their children thrashing around. Right, I know you don't like me. And you're disappointed, I know, about Matthew not being here. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to say something. There's a burger wrapper under your sofa. Molly rolls her eyes. Oh. Emma looks repulsed. Good Lord. <laughs> right, that's it. Time to bring you both down a few pegs. Jane and Emma look puzzled. Chris effectively lied, didn't he, about the 10k Andrew lent Dexter for renting a cafe? Emma looks panicked. Fine. But Jane had an affair with Dexter. <gasps> Emma! Sorry. Was the money for renting a house for you and Dexter? It wasn't for rent, you idiot. Andrew lost it during a game of poker with Dexter. It was going to pay for our respective divorces. Look, Dexter was fun. Andrew can be so... Reliable. Loyal. Not crazy. Jane glares. So, Chris lied to Mary to cover Andrew's backside. Now you have to shop at the cheapskate shops like the rest of us. <laughs> it's not that funny. At least I have a husband. I mean, in retrospect, I probably would have regretted it. Yeah, well, he's not going to love you now, is he? You wouldn't dare! Of course not. Emma turns to Jane. Are you sure he didn't know? Could he have killed Dexter? 
Jane gives Emma the are you serious look. She looks to Molly, who tries to take in the possibility. Of course he didn't know. He wouldn't hurt a fly. He's a doctor, for goodness sake. He may have been a bad husband, but he takes his Hippocratic oath bloody well seriously. Jane is being completely honest now. No falseness. She's telling the truth. Molly leans back in her chair with her hands through her hair. She's hit a dead end. Interior, Shane's bedroom, late afternoon. Shane sits at his computer whilst Lydia lies on the bed, fed up. Well, still, you got a bit deeper. I mean, I did find something. Well, I say I found it. You might arrest me if I tell you. I don't care. I won't. Please just tell me. Lydia sits up. Okay. Remember my hack? Well, all the dads, except John, had been scripted by the wives. To drop hints to improve their marriages that slumped over lockdown, yeah? Well, Dexter called the other dads out on being manipulated. Well, well, not quite the words he used, but we get the idea. Well, he dared them all to take cocaine to prove they're not under the thumb, so to speak. Right, OK. So why didn't John get hints? Well, guess his marriage was happy. He seemed like a nice bloke. You really believe that a marriage would have no difficulties over lockdown? Well, I've never been married, but I'll... I guess if you find someone you you really like. Even so, something's not right. We need to call the others and talk to John. Caroline overhears as she walks past the door. Oh, if you're going to John's, would you drop a prescription off for Jess for me, please? Caroline passes Lydia. Jess's prescription. Rossig litter zone. Matthew calls Lydia's phone and she answers. Lyd, just had a call from the vet. It's John's dog, Harry. What? Vet said cocaine. The dog found it in John's trousers. Caused a heart attack. Flashback. Interior. John and Jess's bedroom. Day. A small dog called Harry pants by the wardrobe on its side. Cocaine powder is everywhere and covers a torn pair of trousers. John comes in and panics. Oh no. No. Jess calls out. John! Don't come in. Stay there. Just some mess I've made. John dials for the vet on speakerphone whilst comforting Harry. End of flashback sequence. Present. Interior, Shane's bedroom, late afternoon. Shane and Lydia listen in together on the call. What's the dog's medical history? It's got heart disease. Lydia and Shane look at each other. Heart attack. Like Dexter. Meet me at John's, Matthew. Interior, John and Jess's house, late afternoon. John watches the snooker on TV. Lydia, Matthew and Molly enter with masks on, making sure to keep their distance from Jess. It's the police, John. Jess looks worried. John gets up, seemingly easy with their presence. Oh, hi, Lydia. Where's Shane? John, we need you to sit down. Is it Harry? No, Harry is fine. They're keeping him in overnight. We know you had cocaine in the house, John. Jess gasps. <gasps> you didn't use it, though, did you, John? No. I like a good time with the lads, but I'm not big on drugs. So you pretended to take it? To impress them? John looks embarrassed. I like Dexter, but that night I saw him for what he truly was. He was going to pick on James again. It's disgusting what he made James do with the wife swapping. So you killed him? Don't be daft. <sighs> there was something puzzling me from the start of this case. Why did all the other couples have issues except you two? We're happy. Jess smiles faintly. 
So we're back to square one again. No, it all goes back to the drugs that kill Dexter. That's the second thing. And cocaine shouldn't cause heart attacks that easily. Not really. It wasn't cocaine. Toxicology confirmed it was. Yep. And I bet if we got them to run the tests again, they'd find this. From Lydia's back, she reveals Jess's prescription. Rosiglitazone. I was curious. I read the side effects of this drug on the way over. Causes heart attacks? Yep, but generally only to people with heart disease. It's a good thing I didn't take it then because... John looks to Jess hurt and tearful in the moment of realisation. Jess shows no remorse. You tried to kill me. John sits down and Molly comforts him. Jess looks thoughtful, almost in a completely different world of her own. It was easy to fall for Dexter. Stupid, really. I wasn't one of his floozies and I knew he had them. I didn't care because every time I was near him, he made me feel alive. He was a lunatic. Jess snaps out of daydreaming. John, you're old before your time. When I was with you, I felt like I was slowly dying. Lockdown just intensified what I really knew for years. I don't love you. We have children. What's wrong with you? But you killed Dexter, not John. Yes, it was planned, wasn't it? You mixed the drugs into the cocaine that you knew Dexter would take that night. You knew Dexter would encourage John and everyone to take it. Dexter had no way of knowing you were about to use him to murder your husband. In fact, he was kindest to John because he actually liked him, perhaps even felt guilty. We'd be in Scotland right now with the poker winnings. I encouraged Dexter to do another poker night. Jane was always throwing her weight around, boasting about how much money they have. We use them together, stupid woman. As if he'd have picked that plastic. Jess looks Lydia intensely in the eye. I knew who he really was, and I loved him anyway. Lydia's taken aback by Jess's emotion. If you really knew him, you'd have known he'd never have run off with you. It went into his account, after all. He played you, Jess. Like all the others. Jess shrugs and looks away. Your only foil to your plan was Dexter not knowing he had a heart condition. You might have known that. He drinks like a fish. I never ate right. Jess is irritated by John's remark, but looks suddenly daydreamy again. My only regret is killing the man I love. And you, you, still plodding on living the dullest of wasted lives. It's not my fault you never took to snooker. Jess's face turns sinister. It should have been you! Jess grabs the poker from the fireplace and lunges at John, aiming the poker at his chest. There's a kerfuffle as Matthew runs to shield John and Molly tackles Jess to the floor. Lydia takes the poker from Jess, who's pinned down by Molly. Exterior, John and Sally Street, morning. Molly guides Jess to the car, handcuffed. Jane and Emma are walking their prams and chatting, but come to a halt when they notice Molly arresting Jess. Molly glances at them. They look at Molly, who helps Jess into the car. Jane puts her arm around Emma, who looks deeply saddened by the arrest of Jess. Jess shows no regret, just a glance towards her home. Through the lounge window, Lydia is kneeling down by John on the sofa, talking to him. Lydia walks away, leaving John her card, who nods gratefully. John turns the TV back on and watches the snooker. Molly gets back into the car and Matthew opens his door, looking over to Lydia, who walks towards Shane's car. Matthew gets into the car and drives away.
Interior, Shane's car, morning. Lydia gets in with the weight of the world on her shoulders. Tough day at the sword mine? Lydia looks out of her window for a moment at two people coming out from their house, sharing looks of shock with a neighbour across from them. They walk towards each other. It could have been Amit. Jess looked just like Amit when he told me it was over. Oh, mate, I, I wish I knew the right things to say. Lydia smiles faintly at Shane. Thanks, Shane. All I know is he's a few stubbies short of a six-pack. Well, from what your mum tells me. <laughs> I can't judge him too harshly. This pandemic has affected everyone's mental health. Our relationships are bloody hard. I mean, I get it. But you need someone who won't bowl at the first sign of trouble. Lydia looks out the window again, deep in thought. Shane turns the engine on. Interior, Lydia's bedroom, night. Lydia falls back on her bed now in her PJs. Caroline comes through with a tea and puts it on her bedside cabinet. Thanks, Mum. Caroline goes to leave, but she's tense. She turns back to Lydia and sits on her bed. Darling, you know, I love you and I want what's best for you. Uh, yes? Mary and Shane poke their heads round the door. Um, they think it's Matthew. What? What? What's Matthew? Of course we always knew, Shane, that Matthew was the one for Lydia. She was dazzled by London and met Emmett. Shane nods along. Got took in by his flashy ways. Now she's got all these luxurious clothes and nowhere to wear them. If she can't get back out there. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure. I hear you. Lydia looks mortified by the intrusion into her room and into her life. Mum, I said give me a chance to... come back in five? Lydia gets up from her bed with annoyance. Mum, the ink isn't dry on my divorce papers. Well, the course to true love never runs smooth. Jane pulls an awkward face. Jeez, Mum, that's a bit much. I just need to concentrate on Zoe right now. Mary shakes her head. Caroline gets up and kisses Lydia on the cheek. Of course, darling. Sorry. We got carried away. Mary sits on Lydia's bed. Just don't go the same way as my Auntie Meryl. Raising children and pushing love away. It's not the easy path. Yep. Okay. Caroline guides Shane and Mary away. Mary tries to turn back to say her last piece. She brought shame to the family. Sat tale of events, Shane. So sad. Lydia rolls her eyes and gets into bed. Yes, I've heard this story before, Nan. Caroline shuts Lydia's door. You didn't know how we found her. Covered in Woolworth's pick and mix. She had whiskers longer than a cat. Lydia watches the shadows of feet disappear from under the door and falls asleep. Interior, Molly's lounge, evening. Toys are all over the floor. Children's plates with half-eaten food still on and cups of squash stick to the stained coffee table. Molly is still in her work clothes and has spaghetti stains down her top. She scrolls through photos of the fathers of her two boys on her phone. An almost empty bottle of wine sits beside her on the coffee table. She pours wine into her glass. Sometime later, Molly has fallen asleep holding her wine glass. It spills on her a bit, which wakes her. Oh. 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 
She sees the wine stain on her top, but drifts off to sleep. <laughs> Interior, Matthew's Hall, evening. Matthew comes through the hall with a bag of takeaway food. Bandit rushes up to sniff it. He walks through to the kitchen and puts the bag on the counter. He takes out a plate and opens his burger and chips. He cuts the burger into two and puts one half in Bandit's bowl, putting the rest on his plate, walking to the sofa and sitting down with his dinner. He takes out his phone to call Lydia but hesitates, then exits the call. Interior, Shane's bedroom, late evening. Shane sits at his desk with his laptop open, staring at the cursor flashing on a blank page. His face shows he's deep in thought. He skims through his notepad that he's been taking notes on throughout the day. He begins the page with just Matthew and Lydia were, then deletes it and replaces it with Mark and Linda were. From his door he hears footsteps rushing past and a door shutting. He looks back to his laptop and his fingers begin typing at a fast pace. Interior, Caroline's bathroom, late evening. Lydia vomits into the toilet, stops, wipes her mouth with a tissue, then hurls again. Sometime later, Lydia rummages through her big toiletry bag. She's found a crumpled pregnancy test box at the bottom. She takes the test on the toilet. Caroline calls out. Everything okay, Lydia? Lydia looks shocked as she watches the test turn positive. She looks towards the door, face pale and lost for words. The end.